Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. With so many of us catching COVID now, there's a conversation happening across the country about how you're supposed to recover from it. Some people get sick for a couple of days and then spring back and are absolutely fine and say, look, it was just like a bad cold or the flu. And other people get so sick that they have to go into hospital. Are you actually supposed to be okay after that seven-day isolation? Why are some people getting over it quicker than others? And what happens if I'm the one left with symptoms weeks and even months down the track? Today, we look at how COVID and all its related spin-offs are impacting our recovery and how we make it through without ending up with the dreaded long COVID. When we caught up with a stack of women earlier this week about their time in COVID isolation all seemed to have had a slightly different experience with the virus. Some were hit pretty hard. I was struck down first out of all my housemates. And I remember thinking, this is never going to end. Like, I'm going to be stuck feeling like my throat is closing up on me, like I'm going to be having cold fevers forever. And it was a big struggle. Honestly, COVID really wiped me. I didn't actually realise how much it was actually going to deplete my energy. I was in complete denial. I was thinking, I don't get the flu. My immune system's really high. I'm going to be absolutely fine. But yeah, I was actually pretty ill for about four days. While others experienced little to no symptoms at all. I actually was really lucky. I didn't end up getting super sick. I had a really good run. I had a really mild run. Look, I feel pretty lucky because I didn't have very many symptoms. I had quite a mild sore throat, which is why I got tested. But other than that, I pretty much just felt tired. And while some say they walked away after their seven days of isolation feeling fine, others are still carrying the after-effects of COVID-19 weeks or even months after they first came down with it, an issue called post-COVID condition or long COVID. But why do some people get it and some don't? A joint study involving the University of Washington, the Institute for Systems Biology and the Swedish Medical Centre in Seattle has identified four biological factors that could help predict whether a COVID patient will go on to develop long COVID. The study followed 309 people aged 18 to 89 for two to three months after being diagnosed. 71% of those were hospitalised while the rest were being treated as outpatients. of the group reported experiencing at least three or more symptoms of long COVID, and 24% said they'd experienced one or two. Researchers then analysed the blood samples and nasal swabs and isolated four factors associated with a higher risk of long COVID. They include the level of coronavirus RNA, or your viral load. A higher viral load has been linked to more severe COVID and an increased risk of death, as well as it taking longer for the body to clear the virus completely. 
people with autoantibodies, so those who might have conditions like rheumatoid arthritis or lupus where the body attacks its own tissues. These patients also had low amounts of protective antibodies that neutralised the COVID virus, making them more susceptible to breakthrough infections. The third factor is the reactivation of the Epstein-Barr virus, a type of herpes virus that it's believed up to 95% of the entire population catches when they're a kid but lays dormant. Researchers think the reactivation is triggered by the immune system during the COVID infection. And lastly, having type 2 diabetes, one of the underlying chronic health conditions that we keep hearing about in those who've lost their lives to the virus. So how do we know if we're going to end up with long COVID or walk away relatively unscathed? Professor Marilyn Cruikshank is a Professor of Nursing Research at the University of Technology, Sydney, and Director of Nursing Research for the Sydney Children's Hospital Network. Professor, with so many Aussies having COVID now, do we have a better understanding of what a standard infection from it looks like? At the beginning, we really didn't know much about COVID. We got a lot of information from overseas, but now we're really starting to get a better picture of what COVID might be like in Australia. Everybody has a different way of dealing with the virus. Our immune systems are all slightly different because some of it's based on prior experience to viruses. So there's always going to be a variation. And I think that's why we see some people get sick for a couple of days and then spring back and are absolutely fine and say, look, it was just like a bad cold or the flu. And other people get so sick that they have to go into hospital. And unfortunately, you know, some people succumb to the disease and die. Is it normal for one virus to have so many different symptoms associated with it? I mean, we've got people reporting headaches and sore throats to bowel issues to insomnia. Is it usual or unusual for one virus to have such a big list of associated symptoms? We do seem to think about, you know, the colds and flu as just attacking our respiratory system, so in our throats and in our lungs. And look, in the main, that's the way that these respiratory viruses do act. But also, the virus does get into the rest of our body as well. So if you think about the mucous membranes that are in your mouth and go down into your lungs, we have very similar membranes in our gut. So the virus can get into the gut as well, and that's why some people get you know, stomach pains and vomiting and diarrhoea. So that's quite common. And the virus gets into the bloodstream, so it can also get into the brain. And that's why sometimes people feel quite groggy and, you know, talk about, you know, being a bit forgetful and not being very organised as they usually are, getting a bit of brain fog. So that's quite common for respiratory viruses. So again, it just depends a little bit on how our immune system responds to the virus as an individual, to what symptoms we might get. Are these symptoms also influenced by your particular viral load? I know there's a lot of discussion about what your viral load is if you are vaccinated versus unvaccinated, for example. If you do have a higher viral load, are you expected to have more complex symptoms? I guess the short answer would be yes. So when a person becomes infected with a virus, our immune system has basically two different responses. So the first response is the part of the immune system that fights against the virus and tries to kill it. And for adults, that part of our system doesn't work so well. We tend to rely on the second part of our immune system, 
which is the part that has like the memory of past viruses and past infections. And so that's why adults tend to get a lot sicker, not only with COVID, but also other what we might call childhood illnesses, such as mumps, measles and chickenpox. In children, that first responder is really active. So it's sort of on the go all the time because kids don't have that memory, yes, of past viruses. So it depends a little bit on how your immune system has gone. And we also see, too, in different age groups when, for example, different types of the flu come around, that there will be some age groups who don't seem to succumb to that strain of the flu. And that's because at some time in their life they've had a similar flu and they have that memory and they fight that off. When it comes to recovery, because we're being told now we only have to isolate for seven days in most parts now, and that's during the supposed infectious period, but there's a kind of expectation that goes with that, that you're going to be fine after seven days. But some people are reporting that their symptoms are lasting a lot, lot longer than that. Why is it you think that some people seem to recover quite quickly while others, it lingers? It's again that second part that I just referred to, that second part of the immune system. So even though your body has cleared the virus itself and killed it, sometimes there's still remnants of the virus left in your body, especially if it's been in your gut. And so the immune system in your body is still fighting against those remnants. So even though the virus has been killed, your immune system hasn't quite recognised that. And so the body still gears up trying to clear the body of those remnants. And that's what causes what we might call long COVID or that longer period to get over it and that exhaustion. So it's as though the body's saying, you're still sick, you need to go and lie down and, you know, take it easy or, you know, you've still got brain fog, body's still trying to clear it out. And that's why it takes longer, whereas people who were able to clear the virus completely feel well and get on and keep going and wonder what all the fuss is all about. Well, Marilyn, how do we know when we've crossed over into long COVID territory? Because I know there's people when they are sick, if it goes for longer than seven days, people start talking, maybe you've got long COVID. And I know it scares quite a few people. So how do we know when it's kind of tipping into long COVID territory? Well, I guess if it goes on for about more than two weeks. So, you know, most viral infections can leave you feeling quite unwell and, you know, a little bit poorly. Or you might feel, you know, well in the morning and by the afternoon you begin to flag. That's sort of quite normal from a viral infection. The important thing to remember, though, is when you feel that need to rest or take it easy, that you do that. If you fight against it and push yourself when you're in that sort of post-viral period, it takes longer to get over the infection. So when your body tells you that you need to stop and rest, you need to stop and rest. So it's not the time to go to the gym or think, oh, I'm just being lazy. I'm going to push myself through this. Your body's telling you to stop and you need to stop and rest. We are often told now that we need to sort of look after ourselves and go and see our GP if we need to. At what point do we seek medical help with COVID? Because so many people are going through it and there's so many different types of symptoms. How do we know when it gets to a point where we should have medical assistance? You know, we all feel quite anxious about COVID and sometimes we just need some reassurance, but sometimes we need some medical treatment 
So I think that if you're feeling concerned that, you know, taking it easy, having some paracetamol or other sort of medication that you can get at the chemist, if that's not helping you, then you probably need to go and, you know, get checked out by a doctor. The same too if, you know, you feel that you can't get up and walk around without feeling breathless or, you know, you feel faint or things like that. For young children, they often get quite a high fever. Um, but again, if they look listless and don't seem as though they're responding and aren't able to drink and eat a little bit, then that's a worry as well. The World Health Organization's Dr Janet Diaz explains that there are many symptoms that could mean you have long COVID. So some of the most common symptoms of post-COVID-19 condition or long COVID include shortness of breath, cognitive dysfunction, which people call brain fog, as well as fatigue. Those are the three most common. However, there has been more than 200 symptoms that actually have been reported in patients. So that list is quite long. So other symptoms that patients or people may experience include things such as chest pain, such as trouble speaking. Some have described anxiety or depression, muscle aches, fever, loss of smell, loss of taste. So the list is quite long, but those top three are the ones that have been described. Just how long long COVID can last for, we're still learning. With all the focus on ending the pandemic itself, research on the long-term impacts hasn't as yet received as much attention. But there have been reports of people experiencing symptoms nine or even 12 months after their diagnosis. As for the treatment for it, Dr Diaz says that's still in the works too. In regards to specific treatment, we don't yet have one. The reason is because we don't yet understand why this develops. So as we're learning more about the actual reason or mechanism of the disease developing, then we hope to have a specific treatment. If you are experiencing post-COVID condition, make sure you speak to your GP and get in touch with the relevant experts for the issues you're experiencing. And remember, you might have something completely non-COVID related going on too, so don't brush it off as just still getting over it if you continue to struggle. But as far as how long your COVID experience should be, Professor Cruikshank says there's no way of knowing and maybe comparing your recovery to someone else's isn't going to help. Well, I guess it's a great topic of conversation, isn't it, about how we all sort of deal with it. I don't think it hurts sort of talking about it as long as you realise that for somebody who takes longer to get over it, you know, they're not being sook or, you know, they're not being lazy. And for people who get over it really quickly, it doesn't mean that everybody's going to. So it's an individual thing and we all just, you know, need to be kind to each other and I guess commiserate if it's taking longer for some people than others to get back on track. That's the quickie for today. This episode was produced by myself, Claire Murphy, and our executive producer, Siobhan Moran-McFarlane, with audio production by Ian Camilleri. And if you want to give us some feedback on the show, you can if you rate and review us in your favourite podcast app. We love some constructive criticism and your praise too, so bring it all on. Rate and review us today. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.